Welcome to Brown Girl Rising. This is your host, Ush, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Rima, the Grounded Yogi. Rima is an ex-accountant turned yoga instructor after finding that yoga helped suppress her anxiety and depressive thoughts throughout both of her pregnancies. Rima now has two beautiful little girls and continues to use yoga as a daily practice to come back home to herself. Since training as a yoga instructor, Rima has discovered her purpose is to empower women at every stage of their pregnancy, to postnatal and beyond into the jungle of motherhood, as she calls it. She's a firm believer that we can control how we feel in every single moment. And Rima is a new friend of mine, and I'm really excited to learn more about her in today's podcast. So welcome, Rima, to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome. So Rima, the first thing I ask all of my guests is this one question. So I'm going to ask it to you as well. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you to be unlimited? I love this question. Um, Becoming unlimited, I think it's all about, I would say, pushing through the restrictions and the assumptions that we place on ourselves and just allowing yourself Mm. to push through all of that and become everything that you can be and that's going to be different for everyone and I think it really for me anyway it really started with the belief of everything I can be and then just yeah pushing through all of those things that society everyone around us even ourselves just put on us so just pushing through it all and just going and allowing yourself to be that best best version of you Mm, I love that so it's like breaking down barriers that have been placed on you or boundaries cultural boundaries societal boundaries institutions as well and just believing in yourself to become everything you want to be all right so your story about becoming a yoga instructor started kind of it Mm -hmm. sounds like it started at pregnancy so can you tell me about how you went from, you know, a full-time accountant into yoga and what kind of drove that direction for you? Mm -hmm. So for me, yoga came at a time, like I think you've already mentioned, um, when I was pregnant for the first time. So that was my first real interaction with yoga. I'd sort of dabbled in and out um, along the years, you know, when your parents tell you to try all these kind of funky breathing techniques and all of that (laughs) when it's coming up on those Indian TV channels when you're growing up and when hot yoga was kind of new to the scene I I tried it all um there was no consistency and I didn't really kind of connect to it too much Mm -hmm. but in my pregnancy is when I really saw the benefits of yoga in its true sense so it was much more than the reasons I started so I think I went to my first yoga class because someone had told me that it would help with all the kind of aches and pains and all the kind of physical things that can happen Mm. in pregnancy and it did 100% but it did so much more and I really felt like throughout my pregnancy and even more like once I'd had my first child it's a time of so much uncertainty so much anxiety so much pressure there is just so much going on and when you're a new mum you just you don't know the right answer Mm. but to be able to zone into yourself and listen to yourself amongst all those noise, you know, all the different opinions, all of that stuff. Any new mum can tell you how chaotic it is while you're dealing with all these changes yourself. It really helped me at that time. That was the moment that I really saw the power of it, being mm-hmm. able to tap into myself. And it just kind of opened up so much, like so many benefits, so much about my 
own parenting, my own self-awareness, yeah. just the ability to all of a sudden have something to use to come back to myself when everything else is just so chaotic around you. Yeah. You mentioned a few things that I kind of want to dig into. So you mentioned um, the true sense of yoga. So, yes. you know, in this world, like we know there's so many different types of yoga. Obviously, hot mm. yoga is massive, vinyasa, ashtanga, hatha, whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you mean when you say the true sense of yoga? Right. So this is such a big subject. Um <laughs> Do we need 45 minutes on this subject? Yeah, probably, but I'll summarize. (laughs) I will be succinct. Um, So true yoga is so much more than what you get in your average class. I'm not going to say every class because there are teachers out there and I have started to come across teachers who are really passionate about sharing all the different elements of yoga. But from what I've seen, um, a majority of the yoga classes out there, you you see the physical side, so the asana side, which is the poses and the postures, And those things are great for your physical body. Some of them even have real benefits for your spiritual body, for your mind, all of those things as well. But that is just one area, whereas there are actually eight limbs to yoga. So eight different areas. So to get the full yoga experience, there are so many more elements. It's almost like a way of life. Yoga as a subject is all about how to conduct yourself externally in the outside world in you know internally for yourself yeah how to deal with all these things and we see snippets of it in a class I find maybe because it's not possible I don't know Mm. to give all of that in one class but I feel that that's where I for me that's where I realized how powerful it could be is when I realized that it's so much more than just doing a few stretches that is like the tip of the iceberg yeah it's it's that meditation the breath work all of those things that can connect you to yourself those are the parts that can change your life through yoga yeah and yoga is like like a massive fundamental of Ayurveda as well isn't it and so you know when you were talking about the eight limbs what came to me was um the five koshas so obviously Mm -hmm. your kind of body your um aura your breath your mental and enlightenment so uh, the physical and all that kind of stuff so it kind of sounds like yoga can be the tool to help you get to that bliss body state yeah absolutely yes definitely And it is it is a journey and it is consistent practice. It's keeping that learning going. And even for me, like I've been doing this for years now and I am still not there. I don't think it's possible to get there. I think it's a journey and the whole benefit of it and the whole, um, the greatness of yoga is that it's that journey, that consistent mm. learning and growing. And I think that's what coincides with you as a person mm. to learn and grow and just keep going. I think it genuinely is something that you can keep learning yeah. for the rest of your life. Well, they do say yoga is a practice, right? Yes, you ne- absolutely. Never, that's exactly You never what, pass what an exam. It's a daily practice. No. Exactly. Right? Amazing. You said about self-awareness. So when you're doing your yoga, like what state of mind do you feel like somebody should try and aim for with regards to coming home, coming to themselves and self-awareness? So I always refer to my yoga style as mindful movement. And I think the mindful element is a really big part of it because anyone can move, anyone can do exercise, anyone can do movements or postures, whatever it is in any area, even yoga. But to do it with awareness of your body in the present moment, that's the difficult bit. Mm. 
that's the bit that takes the practice so even for me sometimes I'll come down onto my mat um, and if it's been one of those days or if it's been one of those mornings or I'm just everywhere hormones are flying whatever the reason I can be on that mat and I'm doing things and I realize I'm not actually in the moment I'm still thinking about what I need to do for the rest of my day I'm still harboring emotions from the day before whatever it is and it's like you said it's a practice so for me bringing that mindful element so moving in tune with your body asking yourself questions like how does this feel this doesn't feel good why doesn't it feel good why does this feel heavy it, when you're in the moment yoga a yoga practice can bring up emotions it can bring up feelings that you didn't even know you yeah. had like so many times I've been in a practice and tears have come and yeah. it's genuinely <laughs> just from you think it's from nowhere but when you dig down you do realize there's always a reason yeah I've been on a yoga mat before and have been doing a lot of hip work and mm-hmm. opening up the hips and I yes. ended up in floods of tears and I've gone like where has this come from yeah right you're and holding what? you're holding emotions yeah and that's just unleashed it and it's amazing like people if you've never experienced it it can be very easy to laugh at that really it's, dismiss it's really it. mm-hmm. yeah really dismiss it and just it's quite unbelievable but it's when you give it a go when you've experienced it for yourself that you see the power of it and I think anyone who has experienced it that's why you naturally become so passionate about it because mm-hmm. when you feel good and you found something you want to share it like it's our natural human want to just you want to have to shout about it and just share it to everyone yeah yeah and you're doing a great job of it so I want to go back to your pregnancies um Mm -hmm. you mentioned obviously that you started practicing yoga when you felt like you were getting these feelings of anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. so what did that feel like for you that anxiety that impression what kind of what happened I think during the pregnancy and I think this is really common it's actually so much more common then we're led to believe in pregnancy, which if we if we think about what that is, it's a time where your body is changing. You know, your whole life is about to change. Mm. There is so much going on. Everything that you do day to day life is, is it's going to change. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's going yeah. to change. You, you're going to adapt and it's not always going to be a bad thing. But in that moment when you know that every single thing about your life, as you know, it is going to change it. That's huge that's such a big realization so it's so common for women to feel anxious at that time yeah and it's really funny because for a lot of us you're led to believe through the movies and things that you see on tv that pregnancy is all about getting that glow and it's eating for two and all these great things which it can be like I genuinely love my well it's definitely not eating for two it's not eating for two (laughs) (laughs) yeah I learned that the hard way it's not eating for two but, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it gets you through that pregnancy, you know, everyone does what they need to do. Mm. But the anxiety is so common and it's not always addressed. So I think it's becoming more more common now to start talking about it. But still, there's so many women who I obviously come across so many women in their pregnancy. And it's only when they start practicing these things, they start opening up and they start talking to me. They always say, oh, I'm so glad that someone else has felt like this. It feels so good to talk about it. And these are people with partners and family, supportive people all around them. But yeah. it's still so hard for us in any area for a lot of us to just open up, especially mm. when you think you're going through something that you you do feel grateful and you do know that it's it's hard. It's not easy for everyone. Not everyone gets to experience it. So 
you have this kind of guilt almost about being anxious about it as well. So there's all these things going on. And I just found that during the pregnancy, it was that anxiety that it really helped me. It really just, the yoga practice brought me to the present moment and also just allowed me to enjoy that experience. Like you're never going to, you know, Mm. you're you're never going to have that same experience again, even in a different pregnancy, it's going to be different. The whole situation is going to be different. And I really valued that. Like, I'm so grateful for that because like I said, I genuinely love my pregnancy and not a lot of people can say that, Mm. but they could. I I genuinely have seen it for myself that when I had had something to come back to, that is what allowed me to embrace it for everything it was. And then after I had the baby and even the second time around, what was different was, again, your life has actually changed. So going from knowing that your life is going to change actually experiencing it having your body change like that was the biggest thing for me like someone who was always into the fitness side maybe not the mind body connection but the fitness side I was always into even leading up to my pregnancy so all of a sudden when your body is different it can do different things it can't do everything Mm. it used to do especially in the immediate kind of weeks and months it's very it's a very different feeling and again you have another human being to look after You've got all the pressures of that and you can, I'm very, I'm very much an overthinker. So every single thing that happens, even if I don't react in the moment, I am there staying up at night, thinking about it, thinking about what I could have said, what I did, what I didn't do. Every single thing I could overthink about, I can do. And then that can kind of, you can really spiral and get into a bad place. Yeah. But for me, it was my practice that as soon as I was even near those you know, when I was going into those thoughts, going into that spiral, it was my practice that brought me back. Mm. And I know for a fact that it could have been so much worse if I didn't have something to bring me back. Because at certain times in your life, you are the only person that can help you. There are people around you saying the right things, even the medical professionals, you know, there's people out there that they're saying to you, oh yeah, it's normal to feel like this. Like, you know, talk to me, How, how are you? That question when people ask you, how are you? Your reflex answer is, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, everything's great. Like you just, it comes out before you've even thought about it. So I think for me, I needed something for myself because I am that type of, I am an introvert and I need that ability to get back to myself on my own, in my own time. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was very, it was a really big thing for me. And I'm just so grateful that I had it at that time. Amazing. So it sounds like yoga was the bridge between your lower brain and your higher brain or your lower self and your higher self. Would you say that was yes, correct? Absolutely. And I might not have realized at the time, but now when I look back and every time I talk about these experiences, I'm very much realizing that. And it still is. It still is, you know, day to day. It's a constant practice. It really is. It's, it's a constant practice. And if I have days where I'm not very consistent with it if I've been busy or even when I go on holiday even when I go on amazing holidays Mm. where you think you have no reason to be sad angry frustrated any of those things it's still possible I've I've been there I've been on holidays you know in day five when I haven't done any practice and I have no reason to feel like this I will have outbursts I I just know that I'm not my best self and I need to get back into it yeah I'm a bit like that with training actually if I don't Mm -hmm. train for three days I can do three days obviously you need a bit of rest between lifting but I can if I don't train and on day three yeah 
Oh my God, (laughs) all hell breaks loose. Do you know, I wish I could get into yoga. Like I love yoga, but I haven't got to a point where I can practice it every day. I have Mm. this vision of my future self being that, you know, yogi that wakes up in the morning, does her meditation, gets on the mat. It Mm -hmm. just hasn't happened. Um, So, and obviously that is because I am working a nine to five job. I mm. am running my business. I am running fitness classes. So how would you advise someone to maybe start fitting or start fitting yoga into their daily life in yeah. micro waves, micro waves, not microwaves. <laughs> <laughs> so everything you've just said is something that I was hearing a lot and I still do. Okay. It's pretty much... I mean, pretty much any adult, especially with women. And what I found was especially women who have children, who are working, who are balancing that work-life balance, Mm. the whole, like I said, the whole juggle or jungle of motherhood, like as I like to call it, Mm. it's so much. And you have so much pressure. Even the good stuff can feel pressure. Like it can feel like, oh, I need to practice self-care because everyone's telling me to, oh, I need to do mindfulness. Oh, and all these things that are just being thrown at you from every single angle. It's just more and more pressure. So something that I really wanted to do, and this is what I've done with my online memberships, is I want to add yoga into people's lives without taking anything out. So without taking time away, without taking that energy away, I just want to give people more energy. I want to give people more of the things that they need. So I would always recommend that you start small five minutes of a good mindful practice every single day or even every other day it doesn't need to be every single day but regular let's say five minutes regularly is going to make such a big difference compared Mm. to an hour class once a week 100 percent. so that's something that I have come across and I really have shared this with people who have put it into action and really felt the difference so people who would say I go to my yoga class I've got a local yoga class to me I go every week like it's still not enough. I'm still feeling stressed. I'm still feeling anxious, all Mm. these things. And it's because you can't, you cannot do something once a week and expect it to stay with you and feel the benefits of the rest of the week. Because if you think about how many things are thrown at you on a day-to-day basis, from the minute you wake up, even within the first few hours of the day, you have social pressures. You've got social media pushing things about how you need to look, what you need to do, how you need to parent, all these things that you, you've got people you're going to interact with that are going to say things, they're going to rub you up the wrong way. You've got colleagues, you've got all these things that before you've even got to lunchtime have just kind of pushed and pushed and pushed. And before you know it, you're like this hot mess. Yeah. Your nervous systems everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. And it's very natural. Like all of us are like that. And I think that's, so yeah, it's about getting that consistency in very small doses and then naturally your body and your mind will crave it you will see the difference you will see that this feels good so the next Mm. time that you're having a bad day or you're just having a day where you're feeling a little bit less motivated you're going to be able to push through and say you know what Mm. I'm I know I'm going to feel great I'm going to do this five minutes if something is you know if if you've got work pressures if you're if you've got a busy day it's really easy to feel like no 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 I just need to get my work done but actually if you know that you're going to feel better you're going to take that five minutes before practice and then you're going to have an amazing day Mm. so if I was to do a five minute practice daily 
Mm-hmm. What would you recommend I do? Would it be that kind of going inwards breath work or would it be that kind of getting on the mat and maybe doing a downward dog or, you know, a sun salutation? Because, you know, mm-hmm. at one point in my life, I was trying to do 10 sun salutations in the morning. Oh my okay. God, that is lot. hard work. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, that's, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I felt great after it, but I'd be sweating after 10, Yeah, you know? Um. So yeah, what would you recommend to doing that five minutes so if yes if I was going to tell you five minutes you you know from starting from tomorrow and if you were someone who hadn't really regularly practiced before I would say find a quiet place sit down start with some breathing very simple nothing complicated literally take maybe three or four deep breaths just Mm -hmm. to settle yourself down do a few gentle stretches so even in your seated position just take a couple of minutes do some stretches, some twists, some neck stretches, mm. some shoulder rolls, just waking up your body if it's yeah. the morning or even if it's the end of the day, if you've been sitting at your desk, mm. just move your body gently and just take those few minutes. So just breathing, moving, and then take a moment of stillness at the end. Just yeah. see what comes up. Just yeah. don't put pressure on it. Just sit there. Mm. Just look at your thoughts. It's not about emptying your mind. You're going to have thoughts. That is your mind's job. But yeah. just Allow yourself to look at those thoughts, see what comes up. And that is your space for all those things that we're kind of suppressing or that we're trying to hide down. That's when it will come up and you can then move forward from it. You can mm. address those emotions. You can yeah. allow yourself to feel things, all of that stuff. But this, And it's also about what you need. So some days you will need more inward looking practice. Some days, maybe you do need some movement. Maybe you need something to just get the energy flowing. So it yeah. really depends. And this is what I this is what I offer to people. Um, and it's it's about what you need in that moment. So if you yeah. need an energetic burst, yeah, because that's what you need in that moment. There are things you can do. There are specific breathwork practices you can do just okay. to get the energy going. There are specific movements. So you mentioned sun salutation. That's a really yeah. good one to get that energy flowing. Maybe not it. ten. Yeah, even, <laughs> even just one or two that will wake up the body it's a yeah. full body movement that's the whole point of it that it really works on every part of the body so it's a very easy way especially for beginners where you don't quite know what to do and if you want to do mm-hmm. it on your own just learn that sequence um again that's something I offer that people can just practice in their Amazing. own I think my biggest thing is just to start small yeah. And to be consistent with it. Those are the two only two things you need to be able to commit to. I love that. Start small and be consistent. Amazing. So I want to ask you about, obviously, you're an accountant, mm-hmm. right? And now you're a yoga instructor. Yes. How did you, because obviously you're also Asian. And, you know, I find that when you go, when you tell your family that you are going to do something completely different and go in a different direction, Mm-hmm. You know, they came to this country um, with this goal of educating you and having you become that accountant. And when you told yeah. them, sorry, guys, I'm going to be a yoga instructor. <laughs> how did they take that? Yeah, so that was, there's a few things there. I think, I'll be honest, a lot of the pressure around that, around being able to tell people that actually I'm not, an, I'm not going to be an accountant anymore. I'm going to be a yoga teacher. A lot of that actually came from myself. Okay. So I myself almost couldn't admit it. So it took me a long time when I, you know, when you're out and about, one of the first questions that people ask ask is always, what do you do? Mm. 
it took me so long to be able to say I am a yoga teacher and this yeah it took me a long time definitely more than a year after I qualified in even longer probably it took me so long because for me saying I'm an accountant it fitted a box it meant that the person I was speaking to usually could relate to it they could say oh I'm an accountant or my brother's an accountant or so and so they know someone who's an accountant and they know what that is Mm. and the reaction is what I expect it to be. It was like the norm, right? One of those kind of industries that everyone knows about, whatever. And I think in my head, you want to say something? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I also want to say that when you say you're an accountant, people start thinking money. They go, okay, so she's got some money. And when when you say you're a yoga instructor, they're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. "Mm." It's that that assumption that people are going to assume when you say accountant, oh, okay, you make money, you're stable, you're this and that, all these things that are, so you know they're not always even true that's the thing like yeah. you can be all of those things in very different ways you could be a yoga teacher doing it for different reasons like yeah. for me what I have realized over the years that money is not my biggest motivator oh. and I know that's almost like a privilege to be able to say that mm. but again it's something that I had to become comfortable with because that's the only way that I can share everything I'm sharing in the most authentic way that comes from me in the way that I want to share it Mm. so there's so much even with that but I think going back to your question about what it felt like saying I'm not an accountant anymore I'm a yoga teacher I think that yeah it was it was a lot about myself and even this year to be able to say that I'm I'm trying to transition from saying I'm a yoga teacher to I have an online yoga business and that those words just don't seem to come out naturally (laughs) when someone asks me what I'm doing so everything takes time and it's all about yourself becoming comfortable and aware of these things so as soon as I became aware of the fact that why am I not telling people I'm a yoga teacher? Like, why am I, why do I keep saying, Oh, well, I used to be an accountant, but no, now I've got two kids. Like that was my story for a long time. Oh, I used to be an accountant. Now I've got two kids. So I'm with them. And that would be the end of it. But right. I think it just took me a long time to become comfortable with the fact that actually, no, I am. Yeah. I used to be an accountant. That's great. But they are asking me what I am doing right now. And yeah. right now I am a yoga teacher. And yes, sometimes Aww. that gets answered with some blanks that it kind of, you know, that, you know, that kind of moment where everything's a bit quiet and someone is waiting for someone to speak that <laughs> awkward pause because they're trying to think of what to say. They're all, you know, you get a bit of, oh, that's interesting. And then there's no questions, there's no follow up, but that's okay. Like, it's just, it's me. It's all about myself. I realized to become more comfortable with that quiet, that space afterwards. That's fine. Mm. I'm a yoga teacher. If they want to ask me anything, that's fine if they don't that's fine too it doesn't change yeah anything about me and actually even as a life coach you know it's really important if you are a coach at the end of the day and it is really important to leave that space for silence Mm -hmm. and let someone process and then come back right and so even if it feels uncomfortable just get comfortable with that exactly yeah because again it's the assumptions that we put into it I always take that pause as they're judging me they yeah. don't think I'm making any money. They don't think I'm worth their time. They don't think I'm worth their conversation. You know, if it's in a big social, like at a wedding or something, I'm, I put those assumptions on myself that, yeah. oh, now, now they don't know what to talk about with me. So they're, they're looking for someone else to talk to. Yeah. It's all these things that we just- I'm not smart enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All of these things. And I mean, maybe sometimes it was true, but again, that's not my problem. That's their problem. Yeah, and absolutely. it's just all of these things that I have, and again, it's really strange. I, I keep saying it comes back to my practice, but that's what it's given me. That ability to be comfortable in my own self, I did not have probably for the first 30 years of my life. I yeah. was such a people pleaser that I would 
mold into whatever I needed to be in different situations. Mm. So I was almost like a different version of myself at work compared to my friends, compared to my family, compared to relationships. And it wasn't really me being me. It was me being who I think, you know, who I thought I needed to be in each of those areas. So that was something that I really gained. Do you feel like your culture had an impact on that though? Because being an Indian girl in this society, Mm -hmm. um, everyone has this perception of who you already are. But actually, we're not one thing. We're multiple things, right? Um, On top of being daughters, wives, mothers, we're also Indian and cultural. And do you find that, did you find that actually you had to break down any cultural barriers on this journey of yours? I think so, yes. Um, Like you said, I think in the Asian culture, I think especially for women and as girls when we were younger, um, there is this expectation to be to be a good Indian girl, you know, mm. just be a good girl, listen to, listen to what you need to do, do what's expected, being quieter, like being loud is seen as a bad thing, yeah. you know, like speaking up for yourself, having any kind of opinion that is against someone else's, like in a conversation, even in, yeah. even if you, if it's said in a very polite way, but just having an opinion itself is sometimes viewed as, oh, okay, that's a bit difficult. Like, mm. why, why are you not being a little bit more, you know, people pleasing? And it does, it does, it does affect you. It definitely affected me my whole life. Like I said, probably until I got into my thirties, I was that person. I was very much a people pleaser. I always felt like I wanted to get that kind of good girl tip. Mm. And the way to do it was to follow other people's expectations. And again, that's something that I have broken out of. It's taken a while and it's taken a lot of work and it still does. It's still you know, you get comments or you just get little, little things sometimes and it kind of riles you up the wrong way and you really need to just bring it back to yourself that it's about who you are. And like you said, we are all so much more than just one thing. Like men are not told that they are a father or they're a brother and that's it. Like that's just a relationship that you have. You are not that thing. You're not that person. That's not your whole life. Like I love being a mother. I love being a wife. I love being a daughter, all of those other things. But I can't just sit here and just be those things. Like I am also myself. I have things that I want to share with the world. I have things that I want to learn, ways I want to grow, so many things. And I think as soon as you realize that you can do, you can be all of those things mm. and it's okay. And that is such a great feeling. And I do yeah. feel like more and more of us are realizing that. And it's an amazing thing to see in everyone. Yeah, it's definitely a new paradigm, right? We're going from this yes. place where everyone was institutionalized by like schools and work and college. And now it's like, actually, people are going, we're overworked, we're burnt out, we're anxiety, we've got anxiety, mm-hmm. we've got depression. Actually, there's got to be a better way. And actually, these tools like yoga, breathwork, mindfulness, you know, meditation, and even coaching, getting a coach, you know, these things are helping to pave Mm -hmm. the way of people coming home to themselves and realizing who they are. Exactly. It's It's bringing yourself, yeah, it's bringing yourself back into alignment with who you are. And there's so many steps to that. It's about realizing, having that awareness first to actually ask yourself, who are you? Because that is a big journey in itself Mm. to realize that. And then pushing through all these expectations and boundaries and things and pushing through all of that to become that person. It's huge. It's it's a lifelong journey, isn't it? It is, completely. It's a daily practice of living. Yeah, exactly. 
Amazing. Okay, we are gonna honestly I've I've enjoyed this conversation. We are gonna wrap it up, but I do have one more question or mm. one more request from for you is um okay. what is the one tip you can give our listeners today to guide them on becoming their most unlimited self? I would say take time to block out the external noise. So that is all the other opinions, expectations from whoever it is. There will be people who be, you know, well-meaning with good intentions, but block all of that out and just take moments to move inwards and allow your inner voice to come through. I love that. That's the number one thing, definitely. I love that. Your voice is so peaceful. Oh my God, I think I might sign up up for your membership. Um, Okay, Rima, so... Tell us, how do we get in contact with you? Should we be interested in reaching out or your membership? Give us more information. So the best way is probably you can follow me on Instagram. I am at the grounded yogi, the underscore grounded yogi. I've said that right. Um, I've got a website you can contact me on, which is the grounded yogi life.com. You can reach out to me, any of those, to be honest. You send me a message, send me an email, check out my website. You can sign up to my online memberships if you want to practice. If you just have questions, it's not all about practicing with me. If you have it, if you already have an existing practice, if you have other ways of getting all these benefits, that is absolutely amazing. I'm still here for any questions. I love talking about this stuff because I've genuinely seen how much it helps me. And I love just sharing that with people. So mm. any questions, any comments, I'm always here for conversations. And you can definitely hear and see your passion about this. So yeah, absolutely, guys. If you need to get in touch or want to get in touch with Rima, it's very easy. It's underscore the grounded yogi, right? The underscore grounded oh, yogi. The <laughs> underscore grounded yogi. Sorry. I'm about sure that. if you search for grounded yogi, that's all you need to remember. It, it, it will come up, definitely. <laughs> and you know, I can completely vouch that Rima is a beautiful soul. She didn't know me and she reached out to me on Instagram and invited me to an event. And here we are today on this podcast. How incredible. So guys, <laughs> thank you for listening, Rima. Thank you for the time ta- for your time. Uh remember that you guys can follow me as well on Unlimited Urvishi. I have uh my Thailand retreat coming up next year and loads of other things in the pipeline. So do follow both of us and we will see you soon. Thank you, Rima. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it as inspiring as I did and have some incredible takeaways to help you in your life. Now, if you're ready to live your purpose and empower those around you and become just as inspiring as the women that I speak to on this podcast, then this is your chance to work with me one-to-one. I am taking applicants for one-to-one clients now and all you have to do is book a call with me. The Path to Purpose call is completely free and 30 minutes long and in that call we will help you get to a point where you know what your purpose is. So the link for the call or the link to book the call is in my bio. So I hope to speak to you soon and I'll see you on the next podcast.